Well, hey, hey, Center Church family. Uh, it is great to have you back on the ReCenter podcast. Excited to have you here. My name is Mark, and I've got some bad news and good news for you to start off. Bad news, you don't get John or Zach today on the ReCenter podcast as the hosts. You're stuck with me. And admittedly, I'm a podcast rookie, so we'll see how this goes. But uh, good news. I am blessed to have two friends of mine uh, on the podcast today to have a conversation, and I'll be speaking with uh, Gayla Brynion and Don Mack, and we're going to be exploring uh, God's beautiful design for marriage and what the story of our marriages are supposed to be about out of Ephesians 5 and being a living picture of Jesus. And I'm just so thankful uh, for these two women and their friendship to my wife and I. And I've got the privilege of serving with uh, both of their husbands as well at this church. And it has just been a joy to see their lives for years now uh, and their leadership within our church. And so, Dawn, Gayla, welcome. Good to have you here. It's good to be here. Yeah, happy to be here. Well, we're hanging out in my office, and this is the first time my office has ever been a studio. Uh, I wish you guys could see us with our headphones on, <laughs> microphones. You, you two look like pros. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't know. <laughs> Are you going to make podcasting your new life calling? Yeah. Probably not. Probably yeah, not. All right. All right. Well, here we are looking at the end of Ephesians 5. And just as a church family, we're going to be looking at this passage for a couple of weeks, uh, looking at how God reorders our lives uh, with Jesus at the center of it all. And I guess what I want to just remind us as a church family of, as we step into this passage, uh, let's remember that the book of Ephesians doesn't open up with this passage on marriage. Uh, the, the book of Ephesians has been a beautiful story so far of how God is putting the world back together through Jesus mm-hmm. and how we were broken in sin. We were lost in sin. We had fallen away from what God made us for, but Jesus in his great love And God, in his great mercy, has made us alive. And now, Ephesians 2 and on, God is making a new humanity. God is bringing people together under the care and the lordship of Jesus. And then we see this beautiful progression uh, in Ephesians 3 and Ephesians 4 of life together in the church and how God is not just saving us as individuals, but he's making a new people, the people of God together in the church, loving and serving one another. Uh, and then it's progressing where it's not just, you know, life together at the church. We do this thing on Sundays and we go off and do our own thing, our own agenda. The, the reality is that uh, living with Jesus at the center of it all, it impacts our home life. And our new life with Jesus uh, is supposed to reorder the way we do things at home as well. And the beauty of Ephesians 5 is that this is a picture of what uh, the new humanity of believers can look like in our households and in our homes as well. And so I think that's the important thing to remember, that this, uh, this section of Ephesians 5 is flowing out of everything earlier on in Ephesians, of mm-hmm. Jesus' saving, restoring, renewing work. Uh, but I am so thankful to have you two here to unpack this some more um, regarding what the, this story is for wives um, going forward. But I guess just to start really quick, uh, is this just an episode for married ladies, uh, Dawn, Gala? What about single women? What about married women? What What would you say is this episode just for the married ladies listening? So um, we're really happy if you are single and you're listening to this. I think um, Mark addressed this really well yesterday during his sermon, but I think we need to remember. Um, 
how important the single people of our church are and how much they're valued. Um, I know for me personally, there's a lot of single women at this church that speak into my life and, um, it doesn't matter that they're not married and they're speaking into my life. Um, they're very encouraging. And so I think number one, I think if you are single and you want to get married, I think this is a really important conversation for you to listen to and be a part of so that you can understand more fully, uh, what the Lord has for you. Um, hopefully for your future in being married. Um, but also I think if you're single and you're not wanting to be married or you feel that the Lord is not calling you to marriage, I think it's important too because um, a lot of your sisters in Christ are, are married and I think that your, um, your opinion is valued and I think you need to know also where this context is coming from so that you can be an encouragement to your sister in Christ who... Um, who was married. I think, um, personally, I mean, I was single, uh, until my late twenties. And I think admittedly, if I listened to a podcast back then, I probably would have wanted to turn it off. Um, if it was about this, because, uh, I think it, it touched some pain points, honestly. Um, but I think, um, if you're in a season where it doesn't feel super painful for you to listen to it, I think if you allow it to be an encouragement, you should allow it to be an encouragement to your heart. Yeah, and I was, you know, it would be great if you're a gal and you're dating somebody. It's Mm -hmm. like to read this passage and go, wow, really? Is this guy the guy that I will love and respect? Um, Is this guy the guy that's going to, I can see him willingly, even as we're dating, um, putting down his life for me. He's going to have my back and he's going to take care of me. Mm -hmm. Um, So single women, we love you. Mm -hmm. um, And we are so thankful that you're listening today. Mm -hmm. May this be helpful to you. Mm -hmm. Yes, and amen to that. Thank you. Uh, So... The Ephesians 5, this section on marriage, you know, the basic argument that I was presenting in, uh, in, in my sermon was that marriage isn't really about us. Marriage isn't ultimately about our personal fulfillment or our agenda and contrary to the American narrative. It's not about um, my desires being met first and foremost, but really marriage is supposed to be a living picture of Jesus Christ. Marriage is first and foremost about God being honored about Jesus being known, about his kingdom coming and his will being done in and through our lives. And at first glance, that sounds nice. People are like, oh yeah, I I want that. (laughs) I want Jesus to be known. And that's a nice idea. But then let's be honest, we get to the passage and we read it and some of us going, ooh. And the call for husbands to love sacrificially and to lay down their lives, that's scary. And then also Mm -hmm. admittedly, some of this is hard. Like some of this is hard for wives as well. And so I'm just going to read the passage to kind of set the table. uh, And then we will jump into uh, the questions that we've got mapped out. But uh, this section on marriage at the end of Ephesians 5, uh, beginning uh, verse 22, which is flowing out of the previous section where Paul is saying, for life together in the church, being filled with the Spirit, being thankful, addressing one another with songs and psalms and hymns and encouraging one another. Verse 21, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, meaning we're, we're supposed to be caring about the well-being of others uh, in the church. We're not just fighting for our agenda, but there, there should be a sense of mutual submission and deference in life together in the church. And then flowing from that, beginning verse 22, Paul says this, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, 
and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Verse 25, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church." because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And what I want to just bring before our church family a week in and week out with this series is I just want to remind us of the big picture purpose of marriage. The most important thing by far. It's not about the wife specifically. It's not about the husband specifically. The most important thing, big picture, is Jesus being seen. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. As Paul says in verse 32, it's, it's a mystery. It's profound, but I'm saying that it being the one flesh union one husband and one wife coming together. Paul says it refers to Christ and the church. Mm -hmm. And so how beautiful of a picture, how kind of God to give us a living picture Mm -hmm. of what Jesus is pursuing, uh, humble, sacrificial love is. That's what marriage can and should be. Mm -hmm. But we all know we live in a post-Genesis 3 world. We all know that we live in a world fractured by sin. And so this is hard. This is heavy at times. It's invitational, it's joyful, it's beautiful, but let's not be naive. It's hard. Mm -hmm. And just jumping back to verse 22, I mean, I know that's hard. As a dad of three precious girls, if my girls get married someday, I know this is going to be scary for them. I want them to be in a situation Mm -hmm. where they're cared for and loved and honored well. Mm -hmm. And so I know that admittedly, for many, when they hear this passage right out of the gate, verse 22... Some people go, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Whoa. So can we just start with, before we get to what it is, can you two help us understand what is this not saying? (laughs) When it talks about submission, what is submission not? Well, I'm just going to be out there. This morning I was walking with my daughter. I got her permission, but when I told her about this topic, she said, well, mom, I get a pass today. Of course, then she laughed. Um, But isn't that what we think sometimes? Like, just give me a pass on this one. But let's just be clear. Submission is not oppressive. It Mm. doesn't mean that the wife is the slave and the husband is the master. Um, It's not sexist. It doesn't um, mean that the wife is inferior to the husband. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. And it's subject to everything, to him and every situation. Uh, she doesn't mean that the wife just checks her brain at the door uh, and doesn't have any input or any insight that she has to just defer every decision. It's, it's working it out together. Uh, so, yeah, that doesn't mean that she can just be helpless. And the man is the only one that knows what, what to do. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I think too, um, Mark talked about a couple of these things yesterday, but um, you're not following someone into sin. Uh, like yeah. God doesn't want you to be led to a life of destruction. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not submission either. Or um, if you're in a uh, abusive relationship, it's not you're not um, giving into that mm-hmm. um, by any by any stretch of the imagination. So anything uh, you know unhealthy in that way, that's not submission. Mm-hmm. Um, we want we wanted to talk about. Uh, an example of a wife not submitting to her husband um, in the Bible. And Gayla, did you want to read uh, sure. our passage? Uh, from six, from uh, Genesis 16, uh, 1 through 6, um, we're going to be reading about Sarah. And Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said to Abram, Behold, now the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go in to my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarah. So after Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. And he went in to Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. And Sarai said to Abram, May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge me between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, Behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. And then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. Okay, so just to give a little bit of background on the passage, this is talking about um, how Abraham had heard from the Lord in a few chapters back um, that God promised that he would make his descendants as many star as the stars in the sky. And so, um, and, and God told Abraham specifically that this, their baby and their offspring would happen through Abraham and Sarah specifically. And so um, the fact that Sarah is doing this is showing that she is manipulating the situation and trying to control um, what's happening by um, causing her husband and, and her servant to sleep together in order to conceive a baby in that way. And so in this instance, she's not submitting to the Lord. She's not submitting to Abraham. And um, so we just wanted to share this because we thought it was a really good example of how not to submit. Um, the other thing that, that really sticks out to me in this passage is how much influence she has over yeah. Abraham. And I think that's a really good thing for wives to remember is that we do have a lot of influence mm-hmm. over our husbands, and we can use that in a positive way. God honoring way. Um, and we can also use that in a, uh, very dishonoring way to our husbands and to God. And so it's, you know, I start to think, what does that look like, um, to influence our husbands yeah. in a way that is honoring to them and honoring to the Lord? Yeah. Yeah. That's good, Don. So again, women, it's like, being submissive is not you <laughs> demanding your own way mm-hmm. <laughs> and doing whatever it takes to get your own way. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's just such a good reminder. I mean, I'll just speak to the husbands directly. Uh, guys, in terms of this idea with what this is saying, um, the call for a wife to submit to her own husband does not in any way give you the right to be domineering or for yeah. you to be controlling or for you to not take her desires or her needs or her requests or her counsel into consideration. Uh, this does not mean you are uh, an island unto yourself and you just kind of, you know, you do your thing and she just has to follow you. Gentlemen, uh, this is not a license for you to live your autonomous life and then she just has to do mm-hmm. what you want. Yeah. Uh, guys, just go, I dare you, go read Philippians 2 verses 1 to 10 and look at how Jesus uses his position to serve and to bless and to care for those and how he lays down, quote unquote, what he deserves. He lays down, quote unquote, what should be his in mm. order to serve and edify others. So gentlemen, uh, th- we'll get to you uh, another podcast episode. <laughs> uh, but guys, the, the call here for a wife to submit uh, is not... You do your life, gentlemen. It is a call for you to lay down your life for her well-being. You're not the boss. You are to be the lead servant. But uh, once again, we'll get to you more later. All right? Uh, Don Gala, anything else you want to talk through about what submission is not at all? Oh, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you know, different sections of scripture are offensive to different cultures at different times. There are some things uh, that are very offensive to us Americans today that weren't as offensive to other cultures at other times and vice versa, obviously. Uh, so could you ladies just unpack a little bit, what, what are some hurdles for, for many women today with this passage? Like, What makes this passage scary or offensive or challenging or hard? Can you just name some of the hurdles that some of our women might be struggling with with this passage? Well, can I just say my first response is... I don't need someone to boss me around and tell me what to do. Um, as my daughter said, again, I, I'll take a pass on that. Uh, it's just truly hard to give up my own selfish desires um, for the good of someone else. I'll just be honest about that. And then, too, it's like, you know, how was this word uh, submission defined for you growing up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's probably a hurdle that you have to get over. Yeah. How, how did you see it played out in your own home? The other thing that I've heard is, um, I'm a modern day woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, what Paul's saying here, I don't really need to um, live by. That was for long ago. That was in his day. Hmm. Um, so I would just challenge you. The issue would be, do you really believe that God's word is true? Hmm. Um, 1 Timothy three sixteen through 17 tells us that all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for, request, for correction, and for training in righteousness, uh, that the man of God, the woman of God may be completely equipped for every good work. Um, so yeah, that would be my challenge. Yeah, I think um, what I think of too, um, maybe a hurdle might be for a woman um, actually thinking about um, how do you see the Lord? Yeah. You know, what is your view of Him? Um, what does it look like for for Jesus to be your Savior and your Lord? Because I think a lot of us can say like, we have our salvation, woohoo, like salvation's so great. Yeah. And, but it's like, 
Yes, but what does it look like for God's kingdom to come in your life now? And what does it look like for him to be your actual Lord? And what does it look like to surrender your life to him um, and submit to him? And if you're submitting to the Lord and he's asking you to submit to your husband, then what does that look like? What does that daily surrender look like? Um, What does giving up my selfish desires um, for someone else look like? Um, and I think, you know, that's a call for all believers. Like we're called to put the Lord first. Um, you know, he's, he's laid down everything for us. He's given us everything. And so what does it look like for us to do the same, um, for him and show him that we love him just as sacrificially as he's loved us? Yeah. And I think too, um, Dawn is like, God's design for us is always the best design, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. He does not force us. He doesn't put us in a corner and say, do it my way. Mm -hmm. The beautiful thing is that He gives us that choice, Mm -hmm. uh, the choice of are we going to live life the way that He has called us to, Mm -hmm. um, humbly, um, and like you just said, submitting to Him first, Mm -hmm. and then the natural overflow is that it allows us to, to submit Uh, to our husbands Mm -hmm. in the way that he has designed us Mm -hmm. to. I think, again, I don't think we can um, separate any of chapter five at all. We have to keep chapter five together. Right. And knowing in verse one that it says, be imitators of God, therefore as dearly loved children. So I think it's really asking yourself, what does it look like to be an imitator of God um, as a beloved child of him and, you know, as the passage continues, he's, that's what Paul's telling us. This is, a, this is what it looks like to be an imitator right. of God. And so if you're taking this part of Scripture out and passing or throwing it away, um, you can't do that. You right. can't uh, just pick and choose the passages that you like or make you feel good in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to take in all of it. So what does that look like for you right. to take in this passage right. and, and really live it out? Yeah. The Bible would be so much easier if it was just a buffet line right? that we could pick and choose. Pick and choose <laughs> all the great things nice? and throw out all the yucky things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah can't do that. No. Can't just pick and choose. And since you took us back to the first verse of chapter 5, I'm just going to take us down to, um, let's see, uh, 5 where he tells us, is it? Right, it's right before twenty one, where where Paul says, "Be filled with the Spirit." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, help me out here. Uh, verse eighteen. Verse eighteen. Yeah. Uh, and so then again, it's like, uh, you know, you say you love God, and you say Jesus is at the center. Uh, are you are you really being filled with the Spirit daily? Mm-hmm. Are you allowing just putting yourself aside and saying, "Here I am." Mm-hmm. I'm surrendered to what you want mm-hmm. and how you want to use me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe once we are filled with the Spirit, it, it, He is the natural overflow. He is the one that mm-hmm. helps us love and yeah. submit the way that He's calling us to. Yeah, yeah. We're we're definitely not called to do it alone by ourselves. No. Yeah, we need the Holy Spirit to yeah. help us daily yeah. submit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So can I just say, as we flush this out? Um, maybe the hurdle is, do we truly believe uh, God's word? Mm -hmm. Uh, Do we truly believe that he is going to really empower us to do what he's calling us to Mm -hmm. do? 
Yeah. And do we believe that this is truly God's best for us? Yeah. Mm. Ah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, listening to uh, you two talking about that, that, and I'll be talking about this further when we do the podcast, specifically the episode for the men uh, about what this call is for husbands to love their wives like Christ loved the church. But just listening to you too, uh, and we didn't. This wasn't on our notes from before, but it, it almost sounds like our sinful nature is a pretty big hurdle <laughs> to, yeah, to live yeah. this out. Of course, there's mm-hmm. all the cultural baggage and the bad examples and the confusion and all of that as well. Yeah. But our sinful nature is what is going to rear its ugly head as yeah. husbands and as wives with yeah. this passage. Yep. Yeah. And uh, that, yeah. that is the, the beauty and challenge of marriage is that it's an yeah. ongoing invitation for our sin to be dragged into the light, to be crucified with Christ, and for us to be made more like Jesus mm-hmm. as we repent, as we draw near to him, that, that's where we can be yeah. changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's good. That's real good. And yeah, we're all pretty selfish. Yeah. <laughs> Very. And self-centered. Yep. Yeah. All right. So th- that is helpful. So thank you for that. So, you know, submission is not at all saying that women, uh, wives are inferior. Uh, it is not saying no. that wives kind of leave their brain at the door and that they're just passive. That's not what this is. This isn't the loss of personhood or following someone into sin or allowing abuse at all. Um, and while there are many hurdles with applying this passage, what, what I hear from you two is that there's an invitation here. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it was you, Gayla, who had said, do we trust that God's design is for our good? Yeah. That, that there's an invitation to life here. And so it's hard, admittedly. It's scary, admittedly. But there's life here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so just I, I'd love to hear from both of you, um, what what has been your own personal journey with this topic? Like what what has God done in your life through your marriage and your personal experience? Was this super easy because you're you have very little sin in your life and you're just a saint and there's no <laughs> problems for you? Or has this been a challenge? What what have been some of the lessons you've learned in regards to this topic? Oh my goodness, Don and I have talked about this. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have not arrived. Uh, we're not on this podcast because we have it all put together. Uh, I, you know what? Charlie and I got married really young, uh, 22, and we've been married almost 43 years. And I got to just tell you, it's only <coughs> by the grace of God for where we're at. It's only by God's faithfulness that uh, I can not only love my husband, but I like my husband. But, <laughs> you know... Marriage is just not easy, and if anyone tells you it's easy, I don't know that they're telling you the truth. Um, marriage takes a lot of work, yeah. uh, and even after 43 years, we, we've got a whole lot more work that, that we can do. Uh, you know, you get two broken people coming together, uh, two self-centered people coming together, yeah. and learning how to give and take. Uh, we're we're thankful. Um, I am thankful for pre-marriage counseling, for counseling for uh, older people that sp- spoke into our lives. Um, I am thankful for um, what God has done. Uh, yeah, I give Him the glory for 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 where we're at today. Um, I will share some stories, but I think it's only fair for Don to talk for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just want to reiterate what Gayla said. Like, I, I think both of us feel humbled to be asked to yeah. speak on here, and I think that we want to recognize that um, 
we weren't asked to do this because we have this all figured out because no. we don't. Um, I think uh, we're still on the journey and I think it's really encouraging Gala for you to say that you're on the journey even after 43 years. Um, I think for me, you know, Walker and I've been married for 13 years. Um, obviously yes, we've seen lots of ups and downs in marriage as well. Um, but I think as far as the topic of submission, I actually asked Walker about this cause I was like, what do you see <laughs> about this? Cause I think it's, you know, hard sometimes to think back about this specific area. Um, but we talked about how, I think when we first got married, I think I, I knew this was something that the Lord wanted me to do and required of me. Um, but I don't think I really understood as much as I do now more of um, the why and the how. I think I understood when we got married the what, but I didn't really understand at a heart level the why and the how or how, how that really plays out. You know, yeah, when you're yeah. a young married person, you're like, okay, but I don't, I don't really know what that means. Yeah. Um, and I think for us, um, you know, I think we've observed marriages where we've seen a lot of women struggle to submit to their husbands um, over the over the years. And I think we have seen um, contention in those marriages. And so I think that makes me wonder or makes me even realize even more that this is this is God's design um, for mm-hmm. marriage, even though it's hard and it's tough and it. Uh, doesn't always feel natural or doesn't always feel good. I mean, I think God asks us all to do a lot of yeah. things that don't feel good. Um, but I think um, for us, how it plays out is um, like, I think Walker and I really want to have an equal partnership together um, where we're making decisions together. Um, and I think a lot of times in our home, um, honestly, we're taking turns leading different things. Um, I think, you know, a lot of times he'll lead in certain areas. Um, just to name a few, I feel like he's led our family really well with our finances or, uh, you know, tithing to the church, um, leading our family spiritually. Um, but there, there are times when, um, I'll lead our spirit, our family spiritually and and it just looks different. And I think it's good for our kids to see, us both lead in different areas. Um, that doesn't mean he does all of one thing and I'm, uh, you know, and he's not completely in charge of all of this one thing um, or vice versa. But I think we're both, you know, talking and praying about these things and deciding together what's the next step. Um, a specific example I can give you where I felt like the Lord was really calling me to submit to Walker, funnily enough, is when we were choosing to come to Center Church, which back then was Heritage Church. And we had just moved to the area. And um, we tried one. So our kids were pretty little. Uh, and that was part of it. So we had a four-year-old and a one-year-old at the time. And um, we visited one church, and then we visited Heritage. And after those two times, Walker just said, um, I really think we need to go to Heritage Church. And I said well, I don't agree with you, I think, not because I didn't like it, but because I thought that we needed to look at some other churches and to just explore a little bit more. And um, Walker felt really strongly that this is where our family was supposed to be. And I disagreed with him. You know, we were, you know, we weren't arguing or anything, but I just thought we should look more. And so 
the more he said no, the more I felt like, okay, I need to check my heart and I need to pray about this and I need to ask the Lord, you know, where do I need to go with this? Because um, we're sort of at an impasse here. And I really felt like I just needed a trust walker Mm -hmm. and I needed to trust his leadership and our family. And, um, you know, looking back now, I'm, I'm grateful. Um, I think part of the reason why he didn't want to look is because our kids were so little and he didn't want to keep dropping them off at different kids ministries, which I totally understand. Um, so I mean that there's protection there, I think for sure. Um, but now looking back seven years later, you know, I think our family has grown so much spiritually here and flourished here and, um, you know, we love it here, but those moments are hard, mm. right? Those right. moments are really hard yeah. where you have to um, surrender and just say, okay, I trust, I'm going to trust you. Right. And, mm. and we talked about that, like, like knowing that you can really, truly trust your husband mm-hmm. um, and knowing that the decision, sometimes like we talked about, John and I were talking about, you know, we both have to, we come together and we communicate about what the decision is. But then there's times when he's going to need to make the decision. Yeah. That impasse has been, is there, and he's going to make the decision. Yeah. And my willingness to trust him in that decision, knowing that it's for my protection yeah. or for the good of the marriage, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 and as we started, when we were asked to do this and thinking about this question, it just took me back uh, when we were first married and thinking about John... Um, he, he does the finances or he, you know, would, when it comes to even using a charge card, it's like, we're going to live within our means. Mm-hmm. Our means weren't very much, but we were going to live within our means. Mm-hmm. And even charging, if I was going to charge something, we were going to pay it off. Yeah. Um, and realizing that when I did charge something and didn't pay it off, uh, that there's penalties there, right? Yeah. You're going to have interest, and yeah. then you're going to find yourself in debt. And so it's like, oh my goodness, I had to learn the hard way by not listening, uh, yeah. and yet then realizing that there was a reason why he said what he said. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was really for the good of our marriage, for me being, you know, submitting to that. Uh, yeah. There's times like that. I can I can think more of the financial side and being so thankful that he was wise and even tithing every mm-hmm. every month um, at church. Uh, those things protect us and um, mm-hmm. provide security mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. And just being under the umbrella of his uh, and submitting to that and realizing that that's God's design. Mm-hmm. Um, is healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the other things that we talked about were um, making decisions about ministry. Um, uh, yeah. So for example, my, one of my examples is, um, you know, I'll share with Walker, okay, I was asked to serve in this way. Um, what do you think about that? Um, and it's sort of like a litmus test too of like, okay, if he thinks this is a great decision that'll be helpful. And if he doesn't, then I don't have to do it. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, but, um, I feel like he has in certain ways, um, you know, sometimes when I was leading, leaning towards saying no 
to stepping into a ministry and he would encourage me to to do it and say why would you, why would you say no yeah. if god is asking you to grow in this area um yeah why would you say no to that that's spiritual growth you should say yes, yes. you know and i think he could see it wasn't going to put a strain on our family for me to step into this certain area so i think he would encourage encourage me to do that so i think that's a good example of not just submission but also kind of what you were talking about mark yesterday of um, you know, a husband loving yeah. his wife and helping her to flourish to yeah. say like, no, I like, I agree. I see these gifts in you. You should do it because, yeah. you know, you're going to serve the Lord and you're going to love others in that way too. Um, even if I was inclined to say no, um, him encouraging me to say yes was, you know, a challenge for me too, yeah. um, to grow in my faith as well. I don't yeah. know if you wanted to yeah, share that's anything a, on that. That's game. a real blessing to have a husband that says, and and I'm I'm with you there, Don. That would say, why wouldn't you <clears throat> allow the Lord to use you in this yeah. area? Right. Um, yeah. I yes. Don't you want to see him do that work in and through you? Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Um, I've I've had that also as Don expressed, but I've also had where I was just too overly involved. Uh, where John needed to say to me, um, you need to step back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and either I can pick where you step back or you can pick where you... <laughs> you can pick where you uh, need to step back, but step back. Uh, you're doing way too much. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I have to be honest, I bristled mm-hmm. and said, well, why not? Why can't I? Uh, and again, I just come back to this. Uh, yeah. It, it was a good place to be, um, listening to what he had to say to me. And uh, again, overall, it was healthy or for me to step back at that t- at that season in my life. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like it was protection. Yes, over your family yes. at the time. Yes, and and it was him loving you in doing that, even yeah. though it may have not felt loving at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know that's I God does that for us, yeah. right? Uh, there are times when we just bristle, and yeah. it's like again, I think Mark just alluded to how selfish we can be, and yeah. we all agreed yeah. uh, where we we do just kind of there's that part you you can't be the boss of me, right? And God says, but you know what? I've put him in your life, and he knows better, yeah. and he's listening to me, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, listening to you two talk about those examples, it just, it reminds, so as a husband, listening to you two who are wives talk about your experience of this passage, it just reminded me from like my side of the ledger, so mm-hmm. to speak. And it just reminded me of the the context of this passage as a whole. So, so as as you were explaining your experience as a wife, it was reminding me of like the sacred call for me as a husband. Like the call mm-hmm. for, mm-hmm. for a wife to submit to her husband, this isn't about like, the paint color choice for the living right. room. Right? Like, that's not what this is. This is about a husband's call from God to love and lead his family mm-hmm. towards the, the Lord's purposes, mm-hmm. and and to be for the, for the husband is being submission to the leading of the Spirit, and then to be trying to protect the family and, and yeah. lead the family in that regard. So, um, listening to you two put in a good way, like a weightiness on my shoulders, mm. like oh, li- listen to how important this is. This isn't about paint color in the living room. This is <laughs> yeah. about following the will of God for your family yeah. and how to discern that together. So, yeah. um, so husbands, just for you, 
this, this call right here, Ephesians 5, verses 22 to 24, the call for a wife to submit to her own husband, like, please notice the fact that this isn't just like Paul says that and then period and then moves on. There's a long section to the husband as well. And this call for a wife to submit is in the context of the call for a husband to lay down his life and to love sacrificially for her long-term flourishing and well-being. So husbands, this is a weighty, reverent call Mm. and responsibility for you uh, to remember you are called to something in this passage, and we'll get to you more uh, in a future episode. But uh, Don Gala, thank you for those ideas. Mm -hmm. Uh, So anything else in that one at all? All right. So stepping back, moving on, that that next question we talked about, question four, that, hey, this is difficult. There's a, uh, we live in a Genesis 3 world. It's broken by sin. This specific call in Ephesians 5, it's a thorny topic. It's difficult. It's weighty. It's complicated. But really, it's an invitation, Mm -hmm. right? The the beauty of marriage, beyond everything, of the joy of children and companionship and laughter and romance and intimacy and all the beauty of what marriage can be at the human relational level. The bigger story is Jesus. Mm -hmm. The bigger beauty is that marriage Mm -hmm. is an invitation for a husband and a wife to not just draw closer to one another, but to draw closer to God, Mm -hmm. to have fellowship with God. So through this gift of marriage and just this thorny topic of submission, what has God taught you about God? What has God taught you about marriage? What has God taught you about yourself? What's been the personal journey you've been on uh, and what has God taught you in this regard? Yeah. (laughs) You know, God is so good. Uh, And His love is so amazing. And He is so faithful to take take us and to meet us right where we're at. Um, Yeah, to know that we were dead and He brings us to life. Uh, The grace that He's given uh, through faith, He he makes us His own. and he really desires for me to be wholeheartedly devoted to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what does that look like? You know, that total surrender to him, uh, submitting to his will, uh, having open hands, being willing to say yes, uh, not just in the spiritual things, but in all of life. Mm-hmm. Um, what a beautiful picture, right? For um, my family to see, for the world to see, uh, to make an impact for him. Um, yeah. Uh, to know that his plans and his purposes are always best Mm -hmm. for us. Uh, they may seem hard, but his design is always the best design. Yeah. Amen. Always. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, uh, what has he taught me? (laughs) Trust him. Yeah. I know what's good. Mm, Obey yeah. him. Yeah. Um, submit to him first and foremost. Yeah. He's the one that's going to truly satisfy me. Yeah. Um, that's where I have a flourishing life. Yeah. Let him be the number one. Uh, and I believe that after he is the number one and when he is the number one, um, not that life is easy. We know this. It's not. Life is hard. Yeah. Um, and he calls us to do hard things. But man, don't we want to be where he wants us to be? Yeah. 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 I, I couldn't have said it better myself, Gail. 
Um, but I, I mean, I would say for me, I think just in general, um, marriage is sanctifying, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, you know, I, I would say, I don't think there's two things in my life that have, have refined me more than anything else is marriage and then parenting. Um, And there's nothing like living with someone day to day. Um, and just the Lord just making you so aware of your sin um, and where um, we truly deserve yeah. God's wrath. You know, we truly do. And so I think um, the Lord has really shown me, um, yeah, kind of what you said too, Gayla, like where am I selfish? Um, where am I being self-centered? Um, how can I more sacrificially love yeah. my husband and my children Um and I think just really remembering the purpose of marriage is, uh, you know, yes, it's about sanctifying, but it is about um, sharing uh, Christ, that picture of Christ mm-hmm. loving the church. And so if that is also the purpose of marriage, how, how am I doing that? Mm. How are we doing that? How mm. are we looking different to the world? How am I um, showing the gospel to the world through my marriage? Um, and if I'm not, um, where where are those areas that need to change? Um, so, yeah, a lot of letting go, a lot of um, surrendering. And um, I think the Lord's taught me a lot about prayer um, yeah. through marriage, of praying for my husband, um, praying for my marriage, um, praying for my family, um, and knowing that it's only the Holy Spirit that is going to make any of those changes. Mm. I can't do it on my own. Um, I'm not going to be able to change my husband or, you know, sort of like, uh, Sarah and Abraham. I'm, I'm any manipulation or anything that I'm going to do. That's not the answer. Mm. It's going back to, the Lord and asking mm. the Holy Spirit to change us yeah. and empower us to be the people that he wants us to be, um, and honoring and glorifying to him. Oh, that's good. <clears throat> well, Don, Gayla, thank you so much. I, I've learned so much from you and, uh, for our podcast audience, you know, I open up with some bad news, good news. I'm going to end with some good news. This is part one of a two-part <laughs> interview. And so we're just kind of setting the table today. And um, we're going to actually have Gayla and Don back again to do another episode talking through a lot more in detail. And we're going to get to like, all right, what is submission? Like we talked about what it is not. And you've heard some of their story about how they've learned and experienced this, but we're going to have Don and Gayla uh, unpack this in more detail, what submission is in the context of marriage and so forth. So uh, Gayla, Don, you have been such a blessing to me. I've learned so much from you guys over the years, but even in this episode. So uh, you have been uh, reminding me and our church family of how marriage is really about Jesus more so than us. This is an image of Jesus being shown to the world. So can't wait to have you back, and we cannot wait to continue learning from you uh, in the next episode. So Center Church, uh, we love you. Uh, We're praying for God to use uh, this in your life, whether you're single or married, whether you're in a joyful season or a sorrowful season. Here's here's the idea. Uh, It's all about Jesus. And whether you are struggling and languishing or celebrating the mountaintop, 
you have an invitation to draw near to Jesus. Yeah. Don't don't let the current condition of your marriage hold you back from leaning into this. Mm-hmm. Make it less about your spouse and more about Jesus. Yeah. You can draw near to Him. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to pray us out, uh, and then cannot wait to have them back next time. Jesus, we love you. Uh, we want you to have your way in our lives. Uh, and I just pray for our precious church family, what, whatever season of life they're in, uh, single, married, uh, rejoicing, grieving, um, widowed or hopeful or what, whatever situation they're in, in marriage or singleness, may you draw near and may we live with you functionally at the center of it all. And I pray that you'd breathe life into our marriages. Father, for those marriages that are doing well, uh, may they be enjoyed in a way that leads them back to you as the giver of all good gifts. Uh, May they rejoice in your goodness and then show that to others how good you are. Mm -hmm. Uh, For those who are struggling right now, I pray that you would teach them to depend on you, teach them to walk in step with the Spirit, to draw near to you. Uh, And in all of this, may our marriages display Christ. And I pray for our husbands and wives of this church family uh, to learn to live out Ephesians 5 together Mm -hmm. in in unison. Uh, May the two become one flesh in such a way that shows the beauty of Jesus Christ above Mm -hmm. all else. We commit Mm -hmm. our lives and our marriages and this church to you for your glory. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.